In this week's episode, resellers are getting hit from all sides with glitches, fees, and more. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to another episode of the Galaxy CD's Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Special shout out, actually, today to the podcast listeners. Um, the podcast has done between 120 and 150 uh, listens per week per episode here over the last month or so, and I really appreciate I don't get to hear from you folks all that often, and we don't really get to interact, but I did want to recognize that you are here and you are listening, and I very, very much appreciate it. For those of you who are joining me this morning over on the YouTube live, welcome to the show. I appreciate it. This one's going to be a fairly quick one. Um, I don't actually have a what sold segment for us this week. It was a pretty good week here at the Galaxy, but the largest ticket item I sold was $39.99, and I just didn't feel like spending the time going over a bunch of 15 and $20 stuff just to do some filler. So no what sold segment this week. It'll just be kind of the reselling news and any questions that any of you may have. So if you are here in the live and you have any questions this morning, uh, please feel free to leave them in the chat. Uh, real quick hello to uh, Rebel Junk. Aaron, thanks for joining and thanks for catching the replay last week. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, with all that being said, uh, let's do this news stuff. If I can find the right thing here so we can have this fancy intro. News updates. So last week, uh, if if you sell on eBay, you know it was a rough, rough week. Uh, particularly, I think it was on Thursday. Uh, eBay had what can only politely be described as a almost complete meltdown. It was really, really bad over there. Started sometime late in the afternoon, and uh, multiple things went down. Sellers were not able to list. They were not able to view their orders. They couldn't ship. Some people could not sign in. But probably most crucially, buyers could not actually make purchases for some time on eBay. So we're, we're in that kind of advanced pre-fourth quarter, fourth quarter stuff where people are trying to buy things. And for a, some amount of time, probably a couple of hours, eBay was, for all intents and purposes, completely inoperative. So uh, over on e-commerce bytes, they have an article that kind of recaps what happened. Um, eBay's system status board, which almost never shows anything, even when there are issues going on, had problems showing in buying, selling, shipping, and sign-in. So four of the nine areas that they regularly, at least in theory, try to keep people updated on were having issues. Uh, people were also flooding their message boards over at e-commerce bytes. There's a report that the listing tool was down, awaiting shipment was unavailable. I know a lot of the things that I tried to look at, I had managed to get my daily listing done when this all started and I was trying to review just a few things and I couldn't access anything and it happens and I don't, you know, I didn't really think that much of it. And then as the day wore on and I saw more and more people on the various Facebook groups and whatever talking about it, it was pretty clear that eBay was having a, uh, shall we call it a major malfunction. eBay ultimately did post a message on their technical issues board 
We're aware that some members are experiencing issues trying to access various pages on eBay, including shipping, selling, and checkout pages. We are investigating and working to resolve as quickly as possible. I have not, to date, seen any kind of update on what the actual problem was over there on eBay, uh, but it was pretty bad, and I think it lasted probably four or five, maybe six hours. So it was a fairly significant event. Uh, As I said, the timing, quite poor going into the holidays. Um, They did, to their credit, they did get it resolved reasonably quickly and everything. Let's not call it went back to normal because eBay's never really (laughs) uh, quite normal. But there you go. Uh, They continue to have issues with the recent category changes that took place. These went into effect in early October. The changes, eBay says, are done, but sellers report that problems continue to drag on. On October 12th, eBay advised sellers they might see temporary impacts and actually advised sellers to hold off on making fixes to their listings until that migration was complete. You may recall about a month ago we did talk about that where eBay was attempting, once the migration was done into these new categories, to pre-fill some of the item-specifics data from the previous listings. I didn't have any listings that were really affected in that update, so I don't know how successful eBay was in actually doing that. But from the looks of this article, the answer would be not very. (laughs) Uh, many, many sellers are saying that items are still miscategorized and that the corrections that they're making don't always stick. Uh, one seller asked, is there a timeline for when it will be safe to actually correct these categorization issues? Any chance that whatever automated process makes these mistakes will eventually correct them. An eBay moderator responded by saying the actual changes were complete and your items should no longer be being moved. Theoretically, On October 28th, the category changes were complete, and they wrote, while you might still see some adjustments to searches, it is okay to update or edit your listings without concerns of losing data or having it moved again. Sellers are reporting that that is not, in fact, the case. Again, I have not had anything caught up in that category, but if you have, please let me know if you're watching live in the chat or if you're catching the replay down in the comments if this has been an ongoing problem for you. I know I do have a few viewers and listeners that have mentioned to me that they're still having issues with these category updates. One particular issue that was brought up was in the dolls category. It says type will be required soon. That's something that's coming in the February rollout. Uh, I was hoping perhaps by the time it was required, a new choice could be added. Currently, none of the types apply to the kinds of dolls I collect and sell. The answer from eBay moderator was to please make sure you use the enter your own field. I find that I have to do that quite regularly in a lot of the categories that I sell in, which is pretty amazing to me because some of this stuff is pretty common. These are common. I'm sure if you sell dolls, there are some pretty common things that you would expect to see in a drop-down menu for an item specific. And clearly that is not the case. It is clearly not happening over on eBay. And I don't, I guess I don't understand why that is the case. Now, I know I said a couple of weeks ago that eBay obviously has massive amounts of data and they understand from the buyer's side how people are searching. But it seems odd that some very basic things I have every day, for instance, publishers, they want, you know, it's a recommended, it's not a required item specific, but they want a publisher. And 
the number of major publishers that I deal with on a regular basis that are not part of eBay's database are is mystifying to me. I mean, it's just crazy. Uh, the seller continued, the most challenging thing is that they're still not able to uh, edit multi-variation listings. So that obviously would be a problem if you sell particularly new items and you have multi-variation listings. If you can't edit those, that is an issue. Another problem that sellers are reporting is that they're unable to create media mail shipping labels in certain categories, which we had talked about and e-commerce bites had talked about back in the summer. I am finding that it's very hit or miss. I sell a lot of stuff that qualifies for media mail and sometimes they come up as eligible and sometimes they don't. And I'm forced to go over to pirate ship to actually print my labels. So it's, it's a minor inconvenience, I guess, in the scheme of things, but heading into fourth quarter where hopefully we're all going to be shipping a lot more stuff. It's one more thing kind of holding up the works. Uh, unfortunately, eBay's response to that was these categories will be added in the next category updates at the beginning of February. So this is an issue that is not going to be resolved this year. So again, let me know in the in the chat or in the comments if you're having any issues with any of these items over on eBay. But uh, it was a, a fairly messy week. Now for some good news. <laughs> Uh, from eBay. eBay has announced that they are going to host a holiday sneaker sales event. Uh, continuing its content creation for sneakerheads, eBay has topped Lala Anthony, DJ Ski, and Jacques Slade to host the Slade Drop, its new sales event that showcases sneaker collections. The company announced on November 7th. To start, uh, to start sneaker seller Soul Stage will list more than 700 pairs of shoes from DJ Ski's closet. Ski will unveil more shoes from the collection every Friday. This month, eBay will share Slade's shoe collection December 3rd, and Anthony will feature hers on December 17th, according to the announcement. eBay's sneaker category is experiencing double-digit growth. Pre-owned sneakers are selling 15% faster month over month on the marketplace, according to eBay. I don't sell in that category, so I'm not able to take advantage of the hype. Uh, if you are, I'm curious if this kind of stuff, if you think it helps individual sneaker sellers when eBay runs an event like this that features bigger influencers, if you will. Uh, I'm, I don't know if it does or not. I suppose if it attracts additional attention to eBay's sneaker category and their authenticity guarantee, it's probably all a good thing. But uh, I, I don't know on balance if this is really a big deal. Uh, TRB Collectibles. I only list on mobile and I wish there was a way to directly link an item to a store category. After I list, I have to go back in on desktop to assign a store category. Maybe one day, he asks. I don't know. I haven't heard eBay. I know they've tried to make some updates to the mobile site. I don't know if this is something that is in the works. I actually, and I, I probably should, but I don't. I don't use store categories. I have my store set up to just use eBay's categories for me. It just seemed easier and doing the thousands of listings that I do, I just decided it wasn't worth my time. I, I think my problem was I was so far in before I decided that maybe it was something I should look at that I, to go back and edit all those listings was more work than I wanted to do. <laughs> uh, so I'm not actually using store listings, but yes, there are a ton of options that are available in desktop listing that are not available on mobile I don't know if that's a technology issue or if that's a conscious choice on eBay's part. 
Um, but yeah, there, there are a lot of things that, uh, you can't do on the mobile. Aaron says, I don't sell sneakers, but it sounds like a fun event for those that buy and sell them. Yeah, absolutely. And again, anything that draws additional attention to eBay, especially as other players now start to enter into the sneaker resale game, like Poshmark, for instance, um, this can only be good news. Speaking of sneaker updates, eBay Canada has announced that they have expanded their sneaker authenticity guarantee program to include U.S. buyers. Uh, eBay Canada has expanded its authenticity guarantee for eligible brands over $100 to buyers in the U.S. who can now buy authenticated sneakers, both new and pre-owned, from Canadian sellers. So that's good news. As a result, Canadian sellers can now reach a much larger audience of U.S.-based buyers. Previously, Canadian sellers were limited to offering products through that program only to domestic Canadian customers. eBay, as you may remember, handles the second leg of the item's journey from the authentication center to its final destination. U.S. buyers do need to be aware that they are responsible for any taxes or duties associated with the purchase from a Canadian seller. So if you're a sneakerhead, you've now got a, a little bit bigger catalog. I don't know how many sneaker sellers there are in Canada, but uh, that's that's helpful. Uh, Mom's Closet TX Christy says, I can as- assign store categories on mobile. Hey, let us know in the chat how you how you do that, where that is found so that TRB Collectibles can see it. Because I don't, like I said, I don't use them, so I don't look for it. But if you would be so kind as to add that into the chat, that would be awesome. And then I'll read it off for you podcast listeners. <laughs> so thanks for that. Let's get into um, some Ongoing drama, it just seems like it's never-ending with the United States Postal Service. They have introduced their new rate increase that will be coming in January. We're going to kind of get into that here in a minute. But one of the things that they've introduced, and I may have mentioned this a week or so ago, is a a series of penalty fees. So, again, e-commerce Bytes has some information on these. But they have announced a new $1.50 penalty fee that they say could blindside sellers if they're not careful with their packaging. USPS is adding a fee if sellers don't enter accurate information about packages impacted by the dimensional weight rates and other fees for packages that exceed certain sortation requirements. So I've talked about this previously, the importance of accuracy, whether it is a mistake, an honest, legitimate You've under-input the size to try to save a little money on shipping or if you did it on purpose for that purpose. In any event, the United States Postal Service is now going to charge retroactively a penalty fee if you do that. So a new $1.50 fee applicable to certain competitive products will be assessed on parcels that are greater than one cubic foot or with a length greater than 22 inches if the customer did not provide dimensions or provided inaccurate dimensions in the electronic manifest file. They also announced, and this is probably the bigger one, a new series of non-standard fees applicable to certain competitive products will be assessed on packages that cause the Postal Service to incur manual handling costs when the dimensions of the package exceed certain sortation requirements. We talked a little bit about this last week, that boxes that were odd-sized and had to be manually handled 
by the post office, we're going to incur some fees. This article highlights uh, what some of those fees actually are, I believe. It might be in a later one. I've got like three or four articles here on the post office. They are increasing prices in January. Priority mail retail prices are going up 4.5%. Commercial base prices, which is what you pay if you're using eBay's shipping labels, they're only going up 2.7%. Commercial base prices will, on average, still reflect a discount of 17.9% off of retail rates. First class package services will go up 7.6%. That's a pretty big jump. And... uh, Man, <laughs> that's we just keep getting hit. This that that is exactly why I stopped offering free shipping uh, because these rates just keep coming. Here's the article for the non-standard fees for large size boxes. One thing they did clarify about that: a question was raised about the United States Postal Service recently changed the size of their free boxes, the ones that you can order directly from them. And the old boxes now, theoretically, don't meet those requirements. The post office did say that their own packaging, the older packaging, would be exempt from any of these fees. So if you've got old boxes, you can feel free to use them without being worried about facing a penalty as long as you put the size in correctly. The big thing are these non-standard fees that go into effect in January These are for bigger items, so packages that are longer than 22 inches. If the length is greater than 22 inches, the cost of the package is going to be an additional $4. If it's longer than 30 inches, it's going to be $15 in fees. And if it's larger than 2 cubic feet in total, it will be subject to an additional $15 fee. So shipping larger items through priority mail is about to get really really expensive, which may make UPS or FedEx look like better options as we move down the road. We'll have to wait and see what this all shakes out like when we can actually, you know, put some data into the uh, eBay shipping catalog, but uh, an extra $15 on top of whatever the normal shipping price is, is going to be a pretty big bite. Uh, Let's get back here to the chat real quick. Mom's Closet says just under the eBay category is store category to edit as well. But you have to set them up already via desktop. So apparently you cannot, if I'm reading that correctly, you can't create a store category on the mobile. But once you have created a store category on the desktop, you could go back in the mobile and select that as you're creating a listing. You can correct me if I'm incorrect with my reading of what you just said there. Uh, TRB Collectible says, oh my God, you are the best. I had no idea this will help me save so much time and help my buyers find common items so they can utilize my combined shipping offer. Awesome. Thanks. That's what we're here for, folks. (laughs) Uh, Trying to help. Even if I can't help, if I can coordinate uh, other resellers helping each other out, my work here is done. (laughs) Uh, So that's awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, TRB Collectibles for the question and Christy Mom's Closet TX for the amazing response. That is fantastic. There's another article on e-commerce bites, and I'm gonna I'm gonna rant a little bit here now. Uh, why the USPS rate hike that we just talked about coming in January feels like a broken promise, and their message boards apparently are full of sellers who have commented things like, "I saw the news about the January postal increase. What happened to their promise from last summer?" 
that in order to ease the blow of the twice yearly increases, there would be no increase in January. Was it all a lie? Another seller wrote, didn't USPS recently announce that rates would be increasing twice a year, but not in January 2022? I'm just about positive I read that. Um, Yes, you did. And they point that out in this article. Sellers are not imagining it. The United States Postal Service did promise not to raise rates in January, but it was referring to market-dominant rates, not competitive rates. So we've talked about this previously. The United States Postal Service has two separate things. They have market-dominant rates, which are first-class letters, I believe, and things like media mail, library mail, periodicals, that sort of thing. They also have their competitive rate stuff, which is first-class packages, priority packages, and those sorts of things. Those are handled separately. What the post office announced with the market-dominant rates was that those will be going up twice a year starting next July, and they would skip the January increase because they just hit us with one in August. So those are going to happen in July. If I'm not mistaken, it's July and January. This recently announced increase is for the other side of the equation, the competitive rates. So first-class package and priority package, like we just discussed in those previous two segments. My issue here, at, at the risk of throwing other resellers under the bus, is that resellers don't pay attention to these things that are important to their business. They We look at these things kind of casually one-off and think we know what's going on. And then when the thing turns out to be something different than what it what we thought it was, we blame the messenger or the organization that's making the change when generally speaking, it's been pretty clearly explained. I kind of had the same issue with the category changes on eBay. As I've mentioned numerous times, I think it's ridiculous that they do them in fourth quarter leading into the holidays, but they announced them well in advance and said that they were coming and explained which categories were going to be affected and kind of gave people some tips on how to be prepared for it. And yet when it happened, resellers were somehow caught completely by surprise by it. And that to me is, it's a problem. And I go, I'm, I'm at a point where <laughs> I've almost completely lost patience with resellers on social media because all they do is complain about these things that generally speaking, they were well informed about or should have been well informed about if they had been paying attention. So that being said, if you are a reseller and you are running a business, that's one of the reasons I started this podcast was to provide another opportunity for you to kind of digest some of this information in advance and be a little bit more aware of things that have a big financial impact on your business. This shipping stuff is a big, big portion of your expense. It is probably more significant than your eBay or Etsy or Mercari fees. It is a massive amount of money that you're spending on shipping. And if we're not paying attention to what is going on in shipping, you may make bad business decisions. You may decide you're going to offer free shipping on everything. And all of a sudden the rate goes up 10, 12, 15%. And suddenly an item that you thought you were making money on, you are not making money on. So resellers, pay attention. Uh, this stuff is important. It affects your bottom line. It affects whether you are profitable or not. So 
Now I will get off my soapbox. <laughs> uh, hopefully, I don't lose any subscribers over that rant. But uh, if you fall into that category, I don't. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh, Etsy has issued a supply chain warning to their sellers to restock now. This came out last week. Um, they're concerned that there's going to be supply issues with shipping supplies. So they are recommending that you get ahead of it and restock your supplies, build up a collection of the things you need to make each item in your shop. So your inventory, if you're, if you knit or crochet or whatever it is, make sure you've got enough material to make the things that you want to make so that you can sell stuff. Don't forget about your shipping and packing materials. Make a list of what you typically use to pack up an order, tissue paper, bubble wrap, mailers, shipping labels, and replenish those things now. That way you're not frantically searching through every door drawer looking for that last item or trying to make a last-minute order and finding that the supplier is either out of stuff or that it gets caught up in the inevitable shipping delays that we're going to experience over the next six weeks or so. And they also recommend only list what you have. No matter how much you try to prepare, supply chain issues still might make it hard to come by the materials you need. Simply put, if you don't have what you need to make something, don't list it for sale. I think that's probably good advice. Regardless of what platform you sell on, don't. If you don't have it or have ready access to it, uh, don't list it. The last thing we've got for this week, uh, Poshmark has announced that their sales have actually been hurt by the recent Apple privacy changes, which I thought was really interesting. Resale marketplace Poshmark reported lower than expected sales in the third quarter as the company grapples with the impact of Apple's privacy changes in its iOS system. The latest digital firm to note a setback because of that update. You've probably seen in the news, Facebook in particular has really been upset about this update because of the way it changes the, the way they're able to manipulate user data coming from iOS devices. And that obviously impacts their advertising business greatly. But this is the first time I've seen where a quasi-retail organization has said that it has impacted their business. Manishandra, founder and CEO of Poshmark, has said the company has been forced to increase its marketing spend to make up for the, quote, greater than expected headwinds caused by Apple's identifier for advertisers, which allows for the tracking and identifying of a user while obfuscating, ooh, boy, I butchered that, uh, personal information, but allowing access to aggregated data. Quote, it has really increased the cost of digital advertising and decreased the efficacy when running targeted marketing programs, as you would expect, because you don't have all of that specific data. You only have it in aggregate now. So for us, being a data-driven organization, we spent June and July really measuring the ROI and figuring out the right level of spend. Still, they say the cost per new user, so the cost for them to acquire a new customer to the platform, was definitely most impacted by the privacy change, he said, and marketing spend was nearly 45% of revenue in the third quarter. That is a massive amount of money spent on marketing, 45% of their revenue uh, I, I can't even imagine. <laughs> that is a big, big number. The company did try to allay analyst concerns. This is more aimed at their stock price, noting that this is a short-term setback and focusing on Poshmark's asset light model. 
through which items are shipped directly from sellers rather than being sorted and distributed centrally. So their big play, of course, is that they don't have inventory. They're not, they don't own warehouses. They're not paying people to pack, ship, sort, any of that stuff. They essentially have no assets other than their internal infrastructure. Unlike someone like ThreadUp, for instance, who has people send them their stuff. It's why they're building that new massive warehouse down in Texas. They actually have those costs, sorting, storing, shipping, and all of that. So this is one of the things that Poshmark is pushing as an advantage to their business model, but they are spending a ton of money on advertising and new customer acquisition, which is not really all that unusual. New companies do that all the time. I'm a I was a big listener of Sirius XM satellite radio and their their cost of acquisition for new customers was just astronomically high and they they bled money for years and years and years. So with that, uh there I see there are still some people in the chat if you have any questions that you would like to ask uh either myself or anyone else who might be in the community since we already had good luck with that earlier today. Now is the time to do so. Uh, I will remind everyone that um, I did start a new podcast. If you are a music fan, it is on Spotify only. It is called Ryan's Random Record Hour. If you're into music at all, if you could do me a favor and go check that out, I would appreciate it. If you are here today or watching the replay later and you got something out of this video, please do me a favor and smack that thumbs up button. If you are not a subscriber to either the podcast or the YouTube channel, please consider doing that as well. I don't see any new comments popping up here in the chat. So just a quick housekeeping note. Uh, Next Wednesday is the day before Thanksgiving. And I think we probably all have better things to do than to sit here in the bat cave and do this show. So I will be skipping next week's event. If there is any big breaking news, maybe I'll do a quick news recap video and put that out, but I will not be doing a live next week. Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So let me take this opportunity to wish all of you and your families a happy Thanksgiving. I hope uh, in this, you can't really call it post-COVID world, but whatever it is we're in, I hope that you are able to get together with the people who are most important to you. Uh, I will be spending Thanksgiving Day I'll probably be doing listings. My family is getting together on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. So next Thursday may just be a normal day for me here at the here at the galaxy. So with that, we're going to close for this week. Aaron Rebel Junk says, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. I appreciate it. I hope all of you have a great Thanksgiving and a great uh, Black Friday slash Cyber Monday weekend. We will reconvene on the Wednesday after Thanksgiving and we can talk about how much money we made over the holiday. So with that, we're going to close it. I appreciate you all being here and checking it out and we will catch you again in two weeks. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you again next time.